season four time. Welcome back, everybody, to Pair of Kings, where we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. My name is John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And I am joined by not one, but two other people in the podcast studio today. We may be separated by an ocean, but we are ready to pod. First off, I have my wonderful co-host. Saul Thompson. Hey, everybody. Hey, Saul. How are you? you? Can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. There we go. We're getting better at that. We are. We're we are. We're remembering to say that. Yeah. Baby steps. We're uh, baby steps. growing every day. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, it's early today, and the reasoning for why will be explained probably within about five minutes. But uh, mm-hmm. slept over at my girlfriend's last night, and I woke up uh, four different times. She had stolen the comforter um, each and every time. And Okay, so I, I took a melatonin like gummy before I went to bed. You know, when you take a little bit too much melatonin and you wake up and you just like brain is 10% capacity. Can't relate. I've never taken mel- melatonin, but okay. Like you wake up and it's just hyper grogginess. And like I could not tell you what day of the week it was or well, it's the first of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Um, Oh yeah, no, it was brutal. And then I had to figure out how to negotiate the comforter away from like my sleeping, <laughs> sleeping girlfriend. And so I ended up sleeping under a blanket that I got on her couch. Okay. I, like, pulled the, the couch blanket over and, uh, very yeah, resourceful. But, yeah. How are you, John? How's your, I'm doing uh, well. Um, your, well, we're, we're, not much we're has changed. recording on Tuesday. Yeah. Our last podcast was about 13 hours ago. So not much has changed since then, Okay, but uh, I'm doing well. And I'm very excited about our guest. Would you like to introduce him? Absolutely. This this week we have the the French father of fashion Instagram. Um, I still I, I pulled it up. I had to recount the time, but he is like the the shadow government of of fashion meme Instagram. If you have any sort of know within the community, you know who he is. Um, it is Charles. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Charles. How do you pronounce the end of your at, Charles? Is it like... Well, that's the problem because it's French. It's Charles Cuvillier. So it's very hard to say it in English. So, I, yeah. So that's why I, I yeah. created the Charles Kuvilski. And you can say like Kuvilski, whatever you, you prefer. Yeah. But yeah. Got it. That's yeah, so my name kind is of quite you. Hard to, to, but in, yeah, in French can be hard to say. I mean, like, repeat after me. Comme des garçons. <laughs> <laughs> If you say it fast enough, you get Charles's last name. I studied French for a year and a half at school and I had it wrong. So, yep. What do you It's the uh, Jacquemet experience all over again. Saul and I are really bad at our French French wording. Well, Well, French is super hard, to be honest, guys. French is super confusing. It's one of those languages that's like, oh, all of these rules, yeah, disregard those half the time, but also you have to strictly adhere to them at all times. Yeah, yeah, there's always exceptions for anything you, you do. And there's so many like different types of conjugaison for the verb. So it's just a nightmare. Yeah. I was in Paris for a couple of days after I graduated college and pretty much all I learned how to do was apologize because I knew I'd be just messing up the entire time. And it worked out well. I, uh, yeah. I was I always mean, in the way and yeah. 
<laughs> in France, you know, it's a myth. Like we hate American. We don't at all. I mean, it's just like we hate people who thinks that they come and they it's there like they, they don't do the effort. If you if you are like nice and polite and say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't speak French. It's fine. But if you come like, hey, you if you come to us like saying I'm speaking in English and you should too, that that's the attitude. And because in, in France, you can't beat us with attitude. We are like in, in every which way it's we always attitude is always the worst in France. So especially Paris. I've told the I mean, story. It's the capital of fashion. I've told the story on the podcast before. I got called fat at a um, like Parisian clothing store. I was at Sandro during the Sultz, um, which are the huge sales in, in Paris. And I, I asked them for a certain size. I was like, hey, you know, I, I am a 32 in the waist. And he brought me out like a 46, which was like skin tight. I couldn't button it. And I was speaking in English because I wasn't confident in my French. And I asked him like, hey, can you go get the next size up? And like under his breath, he was just like fat American. I was just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> well, it's true. So you're very fat. So I, I, can't, like, <laughs> I can't say anything against that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, especially with the sample sales, like it's, it's really simple. So it's made for models and the models are really skinny. Skin. Mm -hmm. So for sure. Yeah. yeah, and there's no other, like, I mean, there's rarely any other sizes. I mean, I, I've, I've worked a lot of fashion shows and the models, like, they're young and they're skinny. So they're not even like, I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, like, we're built different when you're older, you know, of course. We are so, built different. Yeah. So um, when you're young and, and skinny, it's really like, you're like, how do you say, like a, like a, a straight arrow, you know, like very, oh, yeah. very short, very like, you don't have any, any any shapes whatsoever which is basically i think people forget that models are here uh, as hangers for for the fashion shows yeah i mean people true. focus yeah. too much on those celebrities and and those personas because that's that the 90s because of that but at, at the, normally it should be like it's all about the clothes the models are just here to you know display them yeah so. that's a good point i think people forget that yeah so charles as is with the pair of kings tradition, we would love to start this episode off with a fit check. Yeah, of course. So let me disappoint you right from the start. <laughs> I dress like shit. <laughs> so that's why I never do like fit pics or anything. I, I like, you know, in France, we say les, les, les cordonniers sont les plus mal chaussés, which is basically like the shoemakers have the, the worst shoes ever. So... <laughs> So because I've seen many fashion shows, I've seen many like amazing uh, clothes and everything, I just gave up. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I did, I did the effort to put my, my tee of um, undercover uh, Supreme. Oh, that, uh, nice. yeah. So that's, that's the only effort. That my, my jeans, like shitty scotch and soda jeans that I've, it's, it's even samples I've stole from the, from the agency I worked with before. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I have some also some black Air Force One because you know uh, currently I'm unemployed so I need a, a side job so I, I do some stuff at night to, to keep me afloat. I should pick up a pair too because I've I've been out of a job since June so maybe that's uh, that's a good idea for me as well. No, I like I like Air Force Ones because they're really comfy. Honestly, mm. uh, it's my favorite pair of, of sneakers. It is a great shoe. Um, I mean, hype is, they, they sell out on Nike now. Like Do you can't really? find them in the main like nine to thirteen. They're all sold out for the triple whites. They I, I saw a pair on Depop, I believe, um, going for they were like yellowed, like worn in, going for retail. Wow. 
people yeah, I mean, like the, uh, the beat. Maybe the customization trend, which is horrible. Maybe that's yeah. that's the reason. Do you not like the customized like Jordan Air Force dunk? Anime airbrushed Air Force ones. Absolutely not. I mean, I, I, Air Forces I, don't have Naruto airbrushed on them. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can you know I can appreciate the effort. Let's say because some people okay. are really talented to to draw, but draw not on your shoe. Like, it's just bad. I respect. Okay. That. Definitely. I appreciate the opinion. Uh, what about like the more quote unquote like well done ones? The ones where people are like fully like re not redoing, but like yeah, like I don't know if you've seen like, they like buy the, a last and make yeah. a Python Air Jordan or something like that. I, I don't. I mean, the thing is, I, I really like uh, Demna's approach of re restructuring like old clothes and doing something very new with something very. Uh, old or, or mm -hmm. very common so mm -hmm. i think the idea of restructuring something that's that's you know normal and doing something special it's really good but the thing is with the with the shoes with air force one you you can't change that much or you know it's not it's not completely crazy what they redo so mm -hmm. it's it's a, a bit disappointing so i'm i mean i again i'm, I'm not against that i i, I appreciate the effort because it, it can be a lot of work uh, but i don't think it's for me, it's not particularly interesting, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's Definitely. fair. Yeah, we've yeah. we've spoken very similar words earlier, and like I think ten episodes ago, we kind of went in on the on the custom shoes market. Mm -hmm. But Charles, that's an excellent fit. I don't want to hear any more bad mouthing your own fit. That's that's fire fit. Saul, what are you yeah. wearing today? Um, so I actually did put on clothes. I have a pair of huge. Thank you for not potting naked. I was going to just wear the froggy towel, in all honesty. That was going to be the fit. Because it's early enough that my roommate doesn't come into the uh, the living room. I was going to show up in just the froggy towel and just be like, yep, this is the fit. Take it or leave it. Um, uh, you're paying, paying homage to Arambe, of course. Like, dig, dig south of Arambe. <laughs> <laughs> We're still taking our time to remember the greatest loss or the saddest loss of the 2010s. Rest oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, no, so I have a pair of um, Rep Capital socks. Um, I do have a real pair. I just don't wear them. Um, I have a pair of flared Capital jeans. They're somewhere between blue and green. They're like a weird aquamarine turquoise. Um, I got those off of the the real real broken discount code sale. That was a great evening. Quote unquote sale. <laughs> that was that was crazy. I stayed up yeah, till yeah, like I one. I heard that. <laughs> I heard about that. It was crazy. It was, was a madhouse, and like people were telling us we were going to get banned, and we didn't get banned. No, we 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 did it slightly respectfully. You yeah. know, we we. It's I didn't like, get into uh, the negatives on anything. The real real didn't owe yeah. me money, so I didn't get banned. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a T-shirt on from uh, the Grateful Dead and the Lithuanian national basketball team. They did Olympic promo to fund the team's run through the Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. It's like the bronze medal tee. Um, it's tie dye. I don't know. The green on the shirt matches the pants. So I like them together. And then I was a little bit chilly. So I threw on this, this sweater that my wonderful girlfriend made me. Um, it's this big, like chunky turtleneck, um, with like, I, I look like a, you know, twice the size that I am, which is kind of sick in it. You're um, built different. I'm, I'm built massive right now. I feel like I could run through a wall. Um, I was a consultant on that sweater. You were on a reach out pick the, uh, the fabric, right? Pattern and the yarn color. Yeah. yeah you did so you're a, welcome. An excellent job. But 
Um, yeah, no, I love the sweater. I wear it all the time. Um, mostly in my apartment, just because it's whenever it's cold in New Haven, it's also raining or snowing and I don't want to destroy it. Definitely. So yeah. Have to be, to be respectful of the clothes, you know, most definitely. Yep. John round and us out. Give us, you've give also us got your favorite hat on Saul, but that I kind do. of goes without saying at this point. Yeah. I mean, you have to expect it at this point. If I'm on the pot, I'm wearing the, the Gus's fried chicken trucker. It's, it's just, it's on my head. You know, it is. I do. Yeah. All right. I'll round it out with my own fit on the feet. Big time guests require big time footwear. What else mm. but the pod and stocks folks? You already know what's going on. Um, on the legs, I have a pair of Gorecki pants from 18 East in a green colorway. On my, my t-shirt is from our good friend over at Hot Product Studios. And then my hoodie is a recent acquisition, a gift from our friend Champ over at Hybrid Clothing from his new collection. Absolutely insane hoodie. The, uh, the attention to detail is wild. The, the sleeves are like tuliped, so they... They're diagonal. They go up at one side. I feel like I'm in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, the new collection is uh, Crystal. You said we could play dress up. That's all caps on each of the words. Um, and then in brackets, don't let mom catch us. She doesn't know we're metrosexual. It's like Legendary. Incredible title. Collection title. Yeah, it's Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> yes. But the hoodie is excellent. If you're listening, I recommend you go check out the new collection and buy some stuff because it's all really great. With that being said, Saul, it's time to get into the main event of this podcast. We've written up some legendary, excellent questions full of journalistic integrity for Charles. I'm going to get right into it. I hope so. I hope so. Charles, we we wouldn't let you down. You've been with us from the start. We want only the best for this interview. We've been looking forward to this interview for for the listeners at home for close to a year now. It's been yeah. it's been a long time coming. We're finally here, ready to rumble. Start yeah, things I, off. Oh, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just saying like uh, I spotted you like very early when when mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess to to start my story, I would say like when I was working, which I'm not anymore, you know, at uh, uh, a famous brand with uh, an orange V. So that's... <laughs> you have two <laughs> options to pick from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So pick the, the good one. So uh, anyway, so I was like uh, working for social media and I had said like, I, I was kind of out of touch because when you work with, um, mainly with PR, you work with journalists and when you work with magazines and you're not like into like the, the heart of what's going on in the social networks. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of, you're some kind of bubble. So and you can still feel that on social networks. Uh, I mean, if you see on Instagram, it's very like very uh, well imaged. Like the image is very uh, polished, and yeah. you know, don't see anything uh, weird or anything. So, so I, I and I discovered like the the fashion meme accounts. Like uh, I think I discovered like Karsten's or and um, fashion wankers, maybe the first. And then I I, I went deeper inside that, and I, I see what what. What they've been doing who are the other people and um yeah and then uh, uh you you guys popped up um a, a bit out of nowhere uh with some with some great uh funny memes thank you and uh yeah i, I kind of digged it uh, right from the start well we appreciate that that was a big big moment when we uh yeah, when we saw that you followed us march back 24th <laughs> 148 p.m. John in all caps said the influencer manager for the other grailed 
is following us. I said, oh my God, what? He said, look at the pod. We need to treat this dude well. And I said, I'm going to faint. <laughs> and look at us now. Potting almost a year later. It was in March, yeah? So yeah. 11 months, because today's the first of March. So it's been, it's been a long time coming. We're very excited about this episode. So to start things off, classic pod question. Charles, how are you? And what's quarantine been like? I, I yearn for the day that that's not like the staple pod. Yeah. When it's just, how are you? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I mean, it's, it's has been quite a surreal couple of years. I mean, like maybe a couple of years more than that. Uh, it's a surreal life, to be honest. So, so no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm, uh, as I said, uh, you might knew me because I was shooting hard for this label, for this brand. And which was fun to me. That's why I did it. I wasn't like, nobody uh, told me to do it. So it was just me having fun. And uh, and yeah, and, and it kind of stopped. So, and I have other, I mean, like my, my I'm doing the Benjamin Button phase. So I'm now I'm starting again to go to college. Oh, that's yeah. great. Okay. So yeah, a, a little bit of story too. Uh, so I dropped out of college like 20 years ago. Okay because it was computer science and I didn't want to, I mean, it was really too much serious for me, too serious. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I really was, it was terrible. I was kind of depressed. I didn't do anything. I, I didn't even go to classes. It was like, it was different times, but at the same, it's, you can feel that still now. I mean, it's, it's weird when you don't want to, you end up in the place, like you don't want to be there. And, and every every occasion I could like to to go out and, and go to the clubs with my friends and like get drunk and get crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I really end up uh, dropping out. But but uh, it was a good school, so I, I kind of regretted it all uh, for a long time. And then I decided like, hey, uh, why don't I go back and finish that what I've started? So I'm going back to this school to to get my diploma, my um, engineer. Uh, diploma so I have still like um, two years left to do and then I'm okay. going to go back to, uh, to working and, and of course I won't do uh, uh, PR or social media anymore I won't do something else I, more like computer science I, I still don't know yet but okay. so yeah so basically I'm officially a st uh, student so I'm, I'm back from boomer to zoomer <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's weird, but it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. Um, it's a change of pace, and uh, and quarantine. Uh, it was I mean it was crazy because when quarantine arrived, my my wife was pregnant. So uh, yeah, I mean that was uh, that was, and we have a small apartment in Paris. You can imagine Paris like everything is very expensive. It's not a myth. It's it's um, and so we live in like a sixty square meter. Uh, I don't know okay. how you say like. In, uh, yeah, so that's and for Paris, it's it's quite good. I mean, we have a, a nice neighborhood. Um, but the, yeah, so I was there, and she was pregnant, and so it was, and I was still working, so it was a bit a bit uh, complicated to, you know, uh, uh, crowded and busy. Yeah. And then my son arrived, and then you know, and then I decided to go back to school, and then my job uh, stopped, and so yeah, it's it's been kind of a, a something a. A whirlwind but but nice i mean i'm i'm happy to to be there now i mean I, i'm completely free so I can, that's why i wanted to do with you guys the, the podcast because i have no other obligations or anything so i'm fine yeah and uh yeah i think going back to college is going to help me also because 
working in the fashion industry for like more than 15 years, you don't learn that much. I mean, honestly, you don't, I mean, when I started, I was maybe smarter than I am now. So you don't, I mean, you can learn stuff about, you know, like more culture, like what's going on, but you mm -hmm. don't acquire that much skills, you know, especially in PR. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, very exciting stuff going on. Best of luck with your studies and everything like that. That's, uh, that's great that you're going back to do that. And uh, welcome back to the Zoomer life. You are wearing yeah. Supreme and Air Force One. So you're, you're literally the meme of Steve Buscemi saying, how do you do fellow kids at the skateboard? Yeah, that's, that's basically me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, by the way, I'm 40. So people, uh, if, you, if you're, uh, you should don't know already, I'm really that old. Yeah. Born in 1980. Yeah. Dang. Very nice. Yeah. 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 I could be your dad. Huh? Yeah. So since quarantine, um, how has Paris changed? You know, like outdoor cafes are the norm. Uh, the metro is, is basically essential if you're getting around. People like walking outside, things like that. Um, all of that was probably shut down since. So what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's, what's daily life like now in Paris that you can't sit outside and have your espresso, you know, the cigarette on the, uh, on the corner of literally every single street? Yeah, it's it's still bad. Uh, I mean, last year was like the the worst. Um, mm -hmm. When it started, I mean, uh, again, like we didn't wanted to believe it. Uh, so everybody was like, oh, "No, it's gonna be fine." And 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 even Macron was going to the theaters and like, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine." <laughs> and then they realized like, "Oh no, it's really bad, and we have to shut down everything, <laughs> like like everything." And and the the first quarantine we had, like the first lockdown, in, in, I think last year in March or February in March. Like it was really like, okay, back uh, when I remember back in the day, I mean, two weeks before the, the official lockdown, um, uh, where I worked with, uh, worked at, the CEO had friends in, the, in other countries, like, and, and they said like, it's really bad. You, you have to like stop uh, already. You have to go on work uh, remotely because it's going to be bad. You don't, don't go to the office anymore. So we already had like started to, to work remotely uh, because we knew it, it was bad. And then the, um, so the French government realized it, it's, it was really, really bad. And then it, it pretty shut down everything. And, and it was like the, um, I don't know, uh, is it 28 days later? Like those kind of yep. movies. Yeah. And it was really like, I mean, as you say, like Paris is really super busy. There's a lot of tourists, always people at the cafe. It's always um, crowded. And then nothing, like literally no one in the streets. Uh, everything closed. Uh, so yeah, uh, for that, and, and it lasts like maybe two months. So that, that was really uh, something, but, um, you know, they, they started to, to re, uh, how do you say, like to, to not, um, go, go a bit easier on the, on the lockdown. Mm -hmm. So, um, in, during the summer, so people like still can go around, but the cafe and the restaurant, I, I think they opened it again or not. Mm -hmm. The thing is, yeah, I think maybe they opened it and then they closed right after because the mm -hmm. the restaurant and the cafe are the worst place to, to get because there's so many crowded, uh, small space, crowded uh, space, uh, a lot of different people from every other um, uh, side of the uh, Paris or even the country come and go. So that's really the, the bad place to, to get the, the COVID. Uh, actually, I think I had it. I, I, I didn't do the test, so I don't really know, but 
like even like in February, I, I lost this, the the sense of smell and taste. I was like, oh, this oh, is weird. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, and it was way before like we knew the symptoms or anything. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I have this kind of um, flu. Um, like I'm just a, a bit cold. Even I went to the doctor and I was like, do you think it's that? And she said, oh no, I don't think so. And then at, at some point, I, I lost completely the sense of taste, which is really weird. I don't know if you experienced it, but losing the sense of taste, it's really like weird. You We're Americans, like- we already have no taste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Absolutely true. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's really like, I mean, I, uh, you, you, it's, it's terrible. Honestly, if I know people that are still like, uh, uh, um, they don't have it back. I, I wow. can imagine how horrible it is because it's really terrible. Like you eat, you can eat cardboard or like a very, uh, like uh, um, anything else. You don't see the difference. Jeez, but that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. But anyway, so um, uh, right now the the government doesn't want to shut down everything, so mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because we have a curfew. So we have like some uh, boutiques are opened, but still the cafe and the restaurants are not open. So yeah, it's 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 and then also because normally Paris is just full of tourists always. Yeah, uh, there's none. There's no tourists anymore. So I, I think. What I want to do is when they open the museum again, uh, like I think they're gonna open that that soon. I want to go to the Louvre because it's the best time to get to the Louvre right now because you, you won't have a second chance to have like an empty Louvre. So yeah. Um, yeah. What are some of your favorite like Parisian like things to do? Right, like say lockdown was lifted tomorrow and you know there was there weren't like a million tourists. Uh, your your ideal day. Let's you know, sixteen hours you're awake. You're doing something for almost every minute. What are you What are you doing? Well, we. I mean, it's it's not a myth. We really like to do like to go to cafes and like mm-hmm. and and uh, and you know like um, have a cafe uh, at the terrace. And especially when it's sunny, it's always great to have like a, a place to because as you said, as I said, like we have small apartments, so we can't have like much more reunion here. I mean, to if you want to have a chat with some people, just like you have to. Um, to go to cafe so yeah i mean and there's so many restaurants that i want to go back to and and also places in paris there's so many great only small and and i i really love the the like the the, the fashion era like fashion and, and it's i don't you've been to paris both right mm-hmm. yes so basically uh the arrondissement the you have one two three four which are like the first arrondissement which is like the basic paris like the 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 core, and then you have the the other only small of, of only one uh, digit, and then you have like the two digits uh, only small. So mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, I think are the best because like they you have like the very um, ancient Paris, and you have like all the cool uh, place like the Japanese uh, um, uh, places. You have all the fashion stores, all the fashion crowd. Uh, I mean, I I miss Colette. Honestly, I miss that. Um, uh, it was really from my era. I, I see, uh, I see, I saw uh, Colette started, and I saw it ended. So, I think we missed a kind of a cool spot like this. There's still other spots, but it's not the same. Yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, I remember when Colette went away. That was really big news around the entire yeah. community. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it went down, be- and it made sense because it it, it wasn't. It, it didn't make money. It was really mm-hmm. cool was really super hype but i mean you know from a business perspective i mean colette was getting old and she was like oh i don't want to do it anymore and that i, I can understand 
but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and Colette was known because it, uh, they have all these in the upper uh, floor, all these great uh, garments, all these great designers, mm -hmm. but uh, it was so expensive. Like it was yeah. crazy, crazy, like, like official retail prices. And you went there, you were looking at the clothes, like no way, no fucking way. I, I don't have any, I don't have 5,000 euros to, to spend right now. It's just ridiculous. Of course, it's amazing, but who's going to pay for that? So Yeah, definitely. I think Virgil's first official collab was with Colette. I think he did yeah, a t-shirt I mean, for them. Possibly. I mean, uh, they, they, Colette was always good. It's, it's um, the daughter, Sarah, who was really good with, um, uh, you know, uh, finding out new talents. She's super mm -hmm. well connected. She's very nice. I mean, I, I've seen her a couple of times. She's a... She's, uh, She's like, a, she's typical um, fashion uh, industry people. She, that means like, when you see her, you think she might be mean or she's very cool, but it's, it's not that like that. It's more like um, gatekeeping. It's, it's, mm. You have to reach a certain level to talk to her. If okay. you don't have that level, if you're just, you can be like a simple tourist. You can say, hi, I really like your work and that's fine. You know, like it's, it's really like you... It, I mean, fashion is like any creative industry, like like uh, Hollywood or like music. You know, like the the, the tough people live in the Mount Olympus, and they mm -hmm. they live they know each other, they live for each other. So if you reach that top, if you reach that mountain, you you have all you can have access to them. It's very easy, and they're they're really good friends. But if you don't, I mean, they they're not going to talk to you. Yeah. So, so I think that's that's also that's the the main issue with the, if you want to work in fashion, you have to. Have the correct label on you because if you don't you're not gonna reach out many things and and that and that's that's also uh, i mean i i've been working with different agencies with different brands with different fashion designers and really depending on the labels you have like the answers you get are really different and mm. then and that's the game i mean you can't i mean you you the journalists you might know them very well you might you know have um even be friends with but if they don't are in not interested in what you have to sell they don't you know you're not going going to have it so yeah that's true yeah well that's you know i'm hoping paris and the rest of the world can open up again soon um yeah, Saul and i will be on, on the first jet over there to go hang out and go shopping and bother you the entire time of if course you... please come it's cool no paris is really cool honestly especially I, uh... when it's sunny yeah it's i loved really it there I was going to say, I had a horrendous Paris experience. Yeah, I saw really and I had not completely different Paris experiences. <laughs> I loved it. I had a great time. Yeah. I was out in um, Vincennes um, and I had to commute to school every day and didn't really get to do much. I didn't have a ton of money, so I couldn't actually go out and like go to any. I could go to the stores, but they just, you know, like give me weird looks because I wouldn't buy anything. Um, I ate cucumbers and hummus for like two meals in my day. And then I would go to this one dude who sold fruit and I would buy like 30 figs and that would be my dinner. I mean, it was just like, it was weird. Um, I also didn't know anybody and I didn't feel comfortable like going to clubs or anything. I also didn't drink, which was another one. Like, so I don't know. Did I do Paris wrong? How do, how do you do Paris correctly, Charles? Yeah, I mean, you definitely do it really wrong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You should you should do it again. You should start again, like from scratch. Okay. You know? Okay. Forget Vincennes already. Like the yeah. Just go to the East Parisian side, like eleventh, uh, uh, the ninth, the tenth, eleventh. I mean, 
if you go even like the 18th or the 19th or the 20th, they can be uh, how do you say like dodgy, but okay. but you, if you know the, the places, I mean typically if if I go back to the fashion industry like Vetement, yeah. when Demna started, he did like fashion shows in those type of crowd like East Parisian, trendy but very underground. Like he went to um to this uh, Chinese restaurant in Belleville, which is like everybody knows it, but it's tacky and it's not like something very <laughs> cheap. So and and but everybody loved it because everybody knew it because there's so many spots from the fashion crowd like they're not necessarily like the more very high luxury places but they mm -hmm. people know it so and and honestly if you don't need that much money to have fun in Paris if you, if you're smart if you hang out with with friends uh, you you can you know like you can just have a drink of course maybe you you won't have like champagne every night but it doesn't matter it's just just to go there i mean if you want to go to cool bars or to cool clubs you, you just grab a beer and it's not that expensive so so yeah i mean honestly um east paris would be the the rightest fit to to go uh and uh, you know like also yeah um but but I, I should i should ask friends now for that but during fashion weeks there's so many parties so many like like maybe two three or even like five a day like you, you and everything is free I'm legitimately curious with our current stand, like I, I wouldn't even call it a following because I do not want to get like an ego at all. But with our current like quote unquote, and I hate this word clout in the fashion world, would we get taken seriously at all during fashion week? Like if, if we showed up to a party and we were like, Hey, you know, we have this podcast. We're the pair we? of Kings. Yeah. <laughs> would it would like people just laugh us out? I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, I'm gonna shatter your expectations. So, Let's go. Yeah, they're gonna, <laughs> no, they're gonna laugh for now. I mean, honestly, you, you just need. I I think honestly, you need like three, four big names with you. Mm, that's awesome. that's all you need. Uh, but you, I don't think you have them. I I think there there can be reachable for you guys. I, I, it's not that hard. It's not hard. Um, that bad. That that difficult a stretch to to find those those three key people. I mean, you're not you're not far from it. I mean, just like. A little extra push and, and you can go there. We've got one key Maybe. person on the podcast right now. Exactly. <laughs> Two left. Bro, do you yeah. know do you know who is on the podcast? What is wrong? What you're not letting us do you know who Charles is, bro? What are you doing? <laughs> Let us in. Yeah, Let us in, honestly, dude. if I was that famous, I wouldn't go back to college. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you again, but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm 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 okay. I did well. I mean, I'm, I I don't regret anything, but I'm not like a big name. I mean, like people don't don't heads don't turn when they see me. So, I mean, that you know of. That yeah. Know of. Yeah. Charles, you're out there breaking necks. You don't even know it. No, I do have like some some people that I, I really know. Like for example, Walter Van Baerdonk. I, I I really worked with him for quite a long time. So if I if I see him in, in the streets, we can like bump into each other and say hello and have a conversation. So that's, oh my God. That, that's real. But for example, yeah, I work also with Rick, but if I met, if I see him in the streets, he will never recognize me. Like we, we did like, I just did like two shows with him and it was like 10 years ago. So he wouldn't recognize me at all. He wouldn't recognize you? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> but, but Rick, honestly, uh, Working with Rick was was really great, and and the, the myth that Rick is is a very um, nice guy is it's true. I mean, I've I've 
for all the designers I work with, Rick is really one of the of the few of really being super sweet, super nice, and and polite, and uh, and and very like professional and everything. Very intense in, in what he does, of course, but you know, always very calm, very uh, explaining what he wants. Uh, no, I mean, Rick was really cool. Do you have any horror stories? Like, have you ever worked with somebody and just been like, I just don't want to like contact you again? Like, I mean, we, the thing is, uh, most of the designers have a, a big ego. Yeah. So I don't know if I, well, I don't give a shit about names. I mean, like I work with Boris Bidjan Sabel. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he was, he is, he was really talented. I mean, when he explained to us, like how he did the garments, how much yep. um, work he put in, in into those garments, I mean, th- that was impressive. I mean, the, sure. honestly, in, in terms of industry standards, when you know that most of them are, are done in China by like poor, uh, poor workers, the guy really was into his, um, his, his conceiving the clothes. So. But when we did the show, he was expecting so much. He, he thought really like people give a shit about his name and, and you know, like we're, um, we're gonna come and, and cover his, in his show and it's gonna be that easy, but nobody give a shit about him. So, so that's, that was the hard reality, you know? I mean, but, and, and that's, that's, that's kind of rough because, you know, in fashion, it's not about what you, the quality of your clothes, what you do, yeah. how you do it. It's more about the hype, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you when you like Delano talking about fashion, he doesn't talk about you know craftsmanship. Oh, of course he talks about, a little bit about it, but the first thing comes in, in into his mouth is it's all about desire. Mm. If you can master the desire, then you can do the rest. You can do whatever you want. And and typically like love it, love him or hate him, Virgil is like typically the the hype guy. Yeah. So and that's why he's so successful. Yeah, he he knows how to to rule the hype. That's for sure. Yeah, he's gotten yeah. us a lot of views on our page. I'm sure from memes and stuff like that. So thanks, Verge, if you're listening to this, we <laughs> love you. I mean, Virgil, he, he did something. You know, like he really came from out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and he, you know, and he achieved success. I mean, he's very successful to to work as a, a main designer for Louis Vuitton. Um, it's not anybody can do it. You know. That's true. So, but yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I I don't like his work. Um, I don't like his approach. It's pretty much like I, I think, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but that's my opinion about his work. I think it's it's a bit like a bit like Kenya, but maybe you can correct me on that. I'm not that super knowledgeable about it. They they think like it's all about their signature. It's all about them doing this, like like Picasso, like. Um, Back in um, Picasso in Paris was really well known for doing like um, autographs for payments. So he said like, "Oh, I don't want to pay." Like uh, he goes to a restaurant and like, "Give me a napkin. I'm gonna sign it, and then you can like have it and and you know I like, can sell it, and you will have money." So and I think Virgil has that kind of attitude. Like, "Oh, I'm gonna do something. I'm just gonna put my name on it, and that's gonna add value, and it's gonna be cool." You know. So that's why I think he's. I really think he steals a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't think it's a myth, but uh, yeah, no, maybe I, I can get in trouble off. Who cares? But um, yeah, I think he, he really has this kind of attitude of like, I'm doing this thing, so it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is working for him. I mean, yeah. when you look at it, he's making a lot of money. I mean, if you're the main guy at the Louis Vuitton uh, home, 
I can tell you that's a lot of money. A lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think it's gonna is is getting paid like maybe one million uh, per season. I think I'd in, probably in say more. No. Salary. I think more, but but you as I said, like it's just like salary. You know, he has a, yeah, and plus he has um, a place where he can live. He has a, like a like some uh, all kind of services, but he has like uh, pocket money, like like maybe two or three millions every year, like just to do whatever he wants. He's definitely got the paddock on my wrist doing front flips. <laughs> and yeah, and, and also, yeah, that's the thing about this industry. Like, it's, as I say, it's like any creative industry. When you start like being uh, famous and, you know, being successful, you get a lot of stuff for free. You, yeah. you have yeah. that, which is like very, so it's very unfair. So if you're like, like when you like, I see so many people saying, oh, I want to be a model and everything. Model is like the worst kind of work. Yeah. I mean, I've seen models. They're there. It's really a shitty work. It's not even, it can be fun sometimes, but most of the time it's just like you wake up early, you don't sleep or like, and then you just go to a show. Nobody talks to you. You just walk and then you go have to rush out to the next show. It's not very like that fun. But if you're a top model, if you're like, like one of the 50 people that make the, the, the money at the moment, you do campaigns, you do like the best shows and like people recognize you and you have, you've been treated differently. Yeah. That, that's changes everything and you get paid a lot of more. So yeah. Yeah. Just, just be a top model. That's coming yeah. straight from the yeah. mouth of Charles himself. Just do it. Just do it. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, when you enter like the fashion industry, like you're playing lottery. So it's very yeah. unfair. Mm-hmm. So you can be, very successful or, or not i mean it's like it's like if you want to be an actor you can end up like doing tables and in la in a shitty restaurant or you can be like a, the leading role in the next i don't know marvel movie or whatever yeah absolutely so charles let's look back at your time in the fashion industry what is your background in fashion like were you always interested in fashion um how did you start out and how did you work your way through the industry throughout the years? So um, basically I was, uh, I was in high school with a lot of uh, people from all around the world because I was in a bilingual school. That, that's why I, my English is not that bad. Um, and, uh, and I made a lot of friends and some people worked in the half parents working in the industry. And then I, I kept the contacts. And so I, I went to this uh, college that I dropped out. And um, when I, uh, when I was around, like I had like 22, 23, I needed like to work. And one of my friends said, hey, um, I'm working this agency. Uh, it's, it's we doing fashion PR, it's really cool. The, the, the people are young there, you, you know, like we're looking for an intern, why don't you come in? I was like, I have nothing else to do that. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so so that, that's how I started, you know, like really like um, being an intern, like in a, in a small PR agency. And then I, I made friends with the bosses and it was really cool. And uh, yeah, and then that, that's how I, I started. And when once you have like you put your foot inside, yeah, you, you kind of stay inside. Um, so I, I've changed different um, agencies uh, throughout the time. Uh, and and uh, what I did was mainly uh, PR, which is like do, being the link between the, um, the brands, the designers and the, the media, mm-hmm. which is now... We, I think it's, uh, I mean, I knew it when I started, like um, it was already something of the past, 
because yeah. that, that job was great in the 80s and the 90s. And we already knew when Facebook arrived, when all those social networks and internet, that, that there's going to be like, um, it's going to change, you know, and, and, and some brand, so many brands, like they, they knew it's going to change, but they don't, didn't want to act. And, and some, that's why you see so many brands that are acting really late now. And it's maybe some, some of them are already too late mm. uh, because, you know, they, it, it was, it was so well oiled in terms of organization before, because you had like the fashion shows with the media and the buyers and, um, and some VIPs. And then you have like the media or shooting the clothes and you have like the buyers ordering the stuff. And on this small world, they all know each other. And so you have all this magazine when you can like rank the magazine, like, oh, they, these, these are more important than this. And you have the editor in chief and everything. You have a list of to follow. But, uh, you know, when the blog, when it, I think it was a blogger first, I mean, the, the, the trend, like the social network it was bloggers and they, they arrived and people didn't take them seriously. And I think, I don't know, I think it was Mark Jacobs who, who put one on the front row. Like he was the first to, to say like, hey, they, they are here. You know, we should do with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it slowly started to change, you know, like the, the approach of it. And, um, and, uh, and also the, the whole side of influencing, which is, I, I, there's so many stuff to say about influence. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, there are really people who are influencing other people. That's absolutely true. Um, for uh, quite a while, some influencers were not influencing at all because we mm-hmm. didn't, uh, brands didn't look at the metrics the same way they, they do now. They were looking at like a, a magazine, you know, like, hey, those, the, this guy is reaching out like uh, that, that amount of people. So it's like a magazine when they say, oh, we, we are being read by uh, 100K, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they just stopped that, 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 but now the, the industry, they look, uh, well, that's the, that's why there's so much data analysts, data science people, mm-hmm. they look at people, what, how do they react? How do they act when you expose to the brand? Like, so, and it changes everything because it really like, at the end of the day, they want to make money, the corporations. And before they were just sending money to those people in, in good faith. And, we, and when, that, when I see people, I see magazines and influencers are, are just saying like, hey, you, you're giving us exposure. We like the images, the, the image you have, which is, which is good with our brand, which is fitting our brand. And you know, we're gonna pay you for, um, to give us exposure. So, mm-hmm. which, which was uh, at the time fine because they didn't really knew the metrics, but now they, it's, it's not that anymore. They, they just want to, to have results, you know, they, yeah. they don't care. I mean, if some people care still, but the harsh reality, like they really want to see what's going on with their business. Yeah. But again, uh, it's, it's a lot of different people with a lot of different approaches. And, and, and um, so, so may, maybe some brands, they are more focused on, on this, maybe some other brands that are still focused on image. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I don't, I know it all, of course not. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very, I mean, the, this fashion industry is like very different um, in terms of very wide. Even like the term fashion, I mean, honestly, when, when, where does it start? Where does, where does it end? I mean, yeah. Yeah. for me, fashion is still like uh, people that are like designers and they do their own stuff and they show it. 
but that's very reducing. So for example, like Nike, is it fashion? Yes, no, you know, is, yeah, that's, that's the tricky part. Like where, where uh, is it Zara? Is like, is H&M fashion? Is it kind of, yeah, they did with stuff with designer, but you know, so I, I would rather, uh, because I work with the um, designers mainly. So I, I, I still, for me, it's more about focusing about designers and, mm-hmm. and those designers, like it's harsh. It's a harsh reality for them it's really rough out there like if you want to create your own brand uh, uh, i don't want like to to say like don't but it, it's harsh it's really it's really difficult to to be successful in your own brand creating a brand it's easy mm-hmm. but you know like survive and making money out of it that's very very hard mm-hmm. uh, and there's not there's no there's no like a magic formula I mean, the yeah. only magic formula that I know of is if you're already rich and you have like very famous uh, friends, yeah, you're you're most uh, likely to be successful. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you're Rihanna, like, yeah, sure, you can you can do your brand. It's fine. Even Rihanna shut down her brand. I mean, honestly. So, so no, it's 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 complicated. Um, but that shouldn't you know like shouldn't discourage you. I mean, it's like if you want to be an actor, oh, of course it's going to be complicated, but that you you can still be an actor. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, but I think from my perspective, if you want to create your label, and and, uh, again, for me, it's more about this fashion sense. Like for me, if you want a label that you want to do a fashion show in Paris, uh, you should start like working, you know, like straight out of the college, college or not, but working with a big label. So there, where you can learn the stuff, how it how it works, because. The big labels, they're very good at what they do uh, in terms of like, um, they're well, uh, they're, they're uh, how do you say, like, they they are optimized, you know? They, they really know like, who should we lend the stuff to, who we should approach, who are the celebrities. And uh, that's how you learn. Um, and once you learn how it works, once you get the connections, of course, then you should start your label. Because starting from scratch, I mean, like, again, like, it's like you saw going to Paris without knowing anyone, you're going to have a shitty time. I mean, like, if you start your your label and you don't know anyone or anything, you're going to be like any, like, being miserable and like being uh, terrible. So I wouldn't recommend that. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah, definitely. So I'm curious, what do you like when you see a new brand, right? And like what makes you notice a brand for you personally, right? Like you were, you were somebody who needed to have their, their ear to the streets. You needed to like focus and, and realize what was popular, what was not, et cetera. Um, what were like those things that you did look for that you, you kept an eye out and said, Hey, you know, these people are doing X really well. These people are doing whatever really well. Um, and that made you want to, work with those people uh for me i really wasn't paying much attention of what they do Mm. it's more about the who they work with i mean for me it was still high school like who do you hang up with uh where where do you have lunch which table you have lunch with so you know um so i mean like who like you do a fashion show okay so who's doing your stylist who's doing your style who's doing your your, um hair and makeup who's doing like the the venue uh, you know, like who's who's showing who are who are the models who, who is the casting director, 
all those kind of names is just like hints of what people like who know who are really well uh, surrounded or not. And then of course, once you have the fashion shows, like you check the front row, who's uh, paying already attention to this label, you know? Uh, and if you see like, as, again, as I said, like if you have like two, three big names, big powerful names, you already know like, oh, uh, this is promising, you know, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna last. For example, when we go back to Ralph Simmons, Ralph Simmons wouldn't have this career if, if he hadn't had the um, Kathy Irwin uh, like with him, like supporting him right from the start. She yeah, has like, she was back in the day. She was super powerful. She was like, big uh, as big as an, even bigger sometimes. Uh, and she was so 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 supportive for for his work that that's why he, he did so good because he was. I mean, I, I'm not especially a fan of Raf. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, no worries. Yeah. Yeah, but th that's uh, how he did it. I mean, he, he got the connection and he, he knew how to to reach out to the great people. He, and uh, and the, 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 the funny side of Raph, um, I work in a PR agency who did his PR really like in the beginnings. And he was like um, very, uh, very intellectual and in his world, he didn't want to do interviews or maybe like once a year. Yeah, and and he didn't want to to mix with brand blend too much with the fashion crowd, and everything changed when he he, he arrived at Dior. I mean, like, okay, fuck that. I'm, I'm I'm going all in. I'm going to go to the celebrities. I'm going. To, of course, not that much, but you know, he's still a bit intellectual. But he he really changed. He he, he started talking a lot, doing interviews, doing documentaries about him, which he never did before. Mm -hmm. So I think he he realized like, hey. I shouldn't be like in, in my corner doing my stuff. I should be more out there. Yeah. Uh, this is my time. And and good for him. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, if you if you say too much, too much in your niche, you know, like people won't, you know, they 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 start when you're the novelty, people will, will, will try to reach out to you, but at, at some point you you're it's, it's getting old. So People don't don't do the effort. If you don't do uh, you the effort, people won't do it. So yeah. I, I mean, the one designer that kind of uh, is the exception of the rule is Ray Kawakubo, who doesn't do interviews, hates like being seen. She just kind of like stays in her little world, and that's fine. And she does really well. Like people love that persona. Yeah, but the thing is, she did it. Uh, at the right time, which yeah. is the eighties, you know, you, you can't do that anymore now. But she she uh, she uh, she obtained this kind of status like early in the eighties, nineties, because it was really like the cool underground. And and remember, like back in the eighties, in the nineties, there weren't any cell phones, or any um, anything. Like it was like uh, landline phones. That, that's what PR was about. Like you have like yeah. landline phones that with direct access to some people, if you had the numbers or not, and people pick up and, you know, if they know you, they answer you. Um, and that's a, then you get uh, paper invitations. You have to be there at the right moment. It's not advertised anywhere uh, for the mm. shows. So it was really like, do you know, or do you don't know? You know, yeah. you, you can't figure it out. You can't like uh, sniff out on, on, on social networks to find out. So I mean, she she was very smart in what she did right from the start, and she get gained that kind of status. I mean, like Yoshi, mm. and and I, actually, I, I I work a bit with Y three, and um, yeah, I think it was in two thousand and six or seven, something like this. And Yoshi didn't give a shit about <laughs> Y three. He didn't give a shit about anything. Like he 
he was done already. Like he continued because he wanted to, but honestly, yeah. he didn't put any effort. I mean, you can come to him like, hey, we got this great, um, uh, uh, you know, story to do. We have this kind of, uh, you know, like uh, 10 page in Vogue. And like, he was like, I don't care. You didn't give a shit. <laughs> so I think Ray is a bit like this. She was part of the old school, like doing something cool. And then once his, the, the success arrived, she didn't want to, to, to do that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. but 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 you see the evolution. I mean, the, those kind of um, designers they were replaced in the '90s by other um, more marketed uh, designers yeah. like um, Raph Simons or like uh, Ida Ackerman, who started to be more out there, uh, you know, more cool with more celebrities, less underground. Mm-hmm. And then you went to the to, it, it went to the other even higher level of Gesquier and, and people like this, and and then it ended up like having people like Virgil Abloh, which is pure hype which is less less really less about the product but more about the hype so yeah. i think it, it went gradually from under under like undercover kind of cool niche stuff to uh king of the hype so yeah and i think it, it's hard to go back i mean you can still oh, be yeah. underground but you won't make any money yeah that's true yeah, you, yeah instagram is the lifeblood at this point live and die by by the feed yeah uh, instagram is so shit too i mean honestly it seems a little bit ridiculous. It feels like at a certain point, it would be very funny or interesting to just like, forgive me for this, but buy like a hundred thousand followers and just see what that would do for me. Like, you know, reaching out for my personal account and saying, Hey, do you want to come on this podcast? Cause it seems like you only get answers. If you have a lot of followers, people don't necessarily be like, or are, um, how would I say it? Like, uh, super excited initially for like hey do you want to come on this podcast and talk about what you do um it's better than it used to be when we had 50 followers trying to reach out (laughs) we're so thankful to geo casket he was the first person to ever respond and be like yeah Yeah. i'll come on your podcast yeah no theo is a cool guy actually theo i I was really um what because uh, i'm a good friend with him i as you know, I'm, I'm the puppet master, so I have lots of friends <laughs> that you who already been in the the path uh, on the podcast. So, um, but what I was uh, really thought about um, what he did with your casket, he mm. created that to be like um, an informative Instagram about recoins, but he didn't knew he didn't know anything about not not anything, but he wasn't that well versed in the recoins universe when he started, which is great because you know like. He started like to to work and and like putting uh, information information out there and like finding out even more information and and getting more and more well versed in this universe. So mm-hmm. I think that's important to see. Like we, we talk a lot about gatekeeping in the fashion industry, but there's not that much gatekeeping. It's just like you have to do the extra effort of of finding out information. And, and honestly, uh, and Etienne told that too. I mean, if you Pinterest, it's bad because you don't have the context, you don't have the references. Yeah. And there's so many um, books and, and, and amazing journalists that we have, they have this uh, knowledge about fashion and it's kind of lost if you, if you spend too much time on archive, archive pages or if you just believe one source, yeah. uh, you're not gonna get good information. So you, you should like, you should do your own research. You should go straight to the brand also. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, and, and it, it takes a lot of effort. And, and uh, I mean, if, if you, yeah, 
don't take anything for granted from those archive page because they don't necessarily do the research. But coming back to your question, like, of course, I think it will help if you have like 100K or even 1 million followers for sure. Yeah. Because even like uh, when Jack Muse started, you know, uh, he was just a kid, an 18 year old kid with Facebook. And what he did, it was like, he was crazy about the magazines and he knew all the big, big names of the magazines, the people who were usually going front row. And, he, and he, he contacted them directly, you know, like on Facebook, like, hey, I'm a cool designer. Uh, would you be interested in like uh, discovering my work? You know, and he did that and he did like um, hundreds, hundreds of people and maybe like a dozen answered. You know, uh, he, he just started like this because he was bold in his approach. Of yeah. course, he was young and, and, and he was cool and he was handsome. That helped a lot. But still, I mean, he was, uh, it, it was a good, like, sometimes you, you shouldn't be too, um, uh, you know, like too scared to, to, mm. to reach out to people. You never know the, how they would answer, how they, you know, most of the time you get a wall, you get just a silence, but uh, sometimes it can work. And, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, you can have really the, um, how do you say, like the Lefe Boulonnais, like the snowball effect. Yeah. Really, it's, it's absolutely true in fashion. If you, oh, if you reach out, one, two, three, four, five people, and then whew, it's it's going uh, viral, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, the and you should like you should focus on 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 staying like true to yourself. And if you have a list of people that you want to reach, you know, reach them regularly. Like, hey, maybe they don't answer like first, but if they see you like five times, just saying, hey, we won't really want to feature you. Maybe they will yeah. do. Yeah. Absolutely. We had to ask you a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, didn't, I couldn't do it because I didn't want to. Uh, I was chilling too hard and I, yeah. I wasn't a spokesperson and I didn't want to, you know, like be in conflict with that. So now that I'm free, it's fine. But um, and actually, I remember like I, I told you like um, to, to reach out to Isikov and, and he, he never really answered you. The little yeah, ones. he said he said hey in the DMs, and that's all we got. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's maybe try again, or maybe not. Whatever you guess. We'll see as okay. the time we'll as see. the time moves on. Yeah. So Charles, let's let's look ahead to a beautiful time when society resumes and we can go travel. Saul and I jet off to Paris first thing. What do you recommend we do to enjoy ourselves in Paris? Uh, honestly, you should, you should be tourists too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you should go to the monuments because it's really cool. I mean, the Louvre is really cool. The Eiffel Tower is really cool. Arc de Triomphe also. Uh, Montmartre and Sacré-Cœur. Uh, well, Notre Dame has burned, but maybe if you come back, it will be okay. <laughs> but um, uh, there's so many good places just to, to hang out, to, to be there uh it's really enjoyable you know and the mm -hmm. architecture in paris if you go like if you just go uh, take a, a cab and, and follow the the seine uh you'll see like so many great uh buildings and great places mm -hmm. and there's so many stuff to do in paris honestly there's uh, and then new new spots always there's always something new like to eat to to hang out to you know to have fun mm -hmm. uh and expensive or less expensive places, but it's always moving. So yeah, I mean, I can do you a list, but even, I mean, for example, like Vogue.fr, uh, Vogue Paris, they're good at that. I mean, if you, it's very girly, sure, but they're good at picking up the cool places to go. 
yeah. so if there's something new you can go you, know, you check that what's what are the nice uh, the cool restaurant where are the cool place to have a drink they're they're pretty good at that to find out so you can follow this again it's a bit girly but uh, and uh yeah i mean it really depends on what you prefer um there's there's a if you prefer to, I don't know, like to go shopping. Uh, the problem with shopping in Paris, it's it's really expensive um, mm-hmm. because it's retail, you know, like retail yeah. stores. Like, yeah. So if you're used to the broken code of the uh, of the real real and and you know like uh, buying stuff on John Flip, if you go to the Balenciaga store in Paris, you'll have a yeah, it's gonna be different. Yeah, I mean, you can go there for the experience, but I'm not sure you're going to buy so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I noticed that when I when I went there, things were a little outside the, the price range of a fresh college graduate. Yeah. But you, sh- you should go there because the, the stores are really nice. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Rico and store in Palais Royal, it's, it's absolutely nice. I mean, the Palais Royal, you've been there to the Palais Royal? No. It, it's like a, a small courtyard and there's like, a, I mean, you'll see, just Google it. You'll see, you, maybe mm-hmm. you'll find out. The, and, uh, and actually, the, I did a show, the, the first show that I did with Recoins with the outside is boutique in the Palais Royal. Uh, it was mm-hmm. under cool. the columns. It was really like um, outside. Uh, we did kind of a, a venue. Uh, it was really quite, really good. Uh, and I did other shows at Palais Royal too. But uh, no, yeah, Rick was really cool. Um, I did a lot of shows in different places, uh, you know, and it, it's 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 weird because like, uh, well, that's the good thing about fashion. The, the shows can be in very different places. Um, I know the designers, they love the row, uh, row aspect of like uh, unfinished buildings or under construction. So I, I did some um, fashion shows there. I, I've done that in the in garage, you know, like, um, uh, like where you park cars and everything, so very rough. But also, I did like in in uh, in very luxurious hotel like Shangri-La or uh, or Crillon or stuff like this. So it's I mean, and of course, like the the regular Palais Tokyo or um, even like Carousel du Louvre. And but Carousel du Louvre, they before like uh, when I started in in two thousand, I guess four five. Uh, all the shows were there, like most of the shows were at the Carousel du Louvre. It was um, kind of the Bryant Park thing uh, back in the day in Paris. And, and then people were like fed up of going there, so it completely stopped. But um, I remember doing a, a Castel Bajac show there at Carousel du Louvre. And it was actually, uh, it was crashed by um, Bruno, um, Sacha Baron Cohen. He came to the show, yeah. And I was doing the PR there. And I remember, oh, no. like, yeah, yeah, uh, it was crazy. I mean, like, he, he um, you can steal that. You can find that on, on YouTube. There's like a, a very small video. He just, he just crashed. I mean, just, I, I think he, he just like stood up and, and go backstage. So I remember like uh, going there, like chasing him backstage. And and um, for the anecdote, it was really, really weird because I was chasing him with um, a guy from the security, like to, to make him stop, you know, like. But he stayed in character. I mean, we we had him in the corner. He was in the corner with his phone, and he was like not not like like kind of um, scared of us and not not scared, but like in his own bubble, like not talking to us. Yeah, you know, he yeah. could have said like, "Hey guys, I'm an actor. Sorry, I did that. You know, I'm it's okay now. I'm I'm gonna leave. You know." But no, no, he was like staying in character. That was wow. really weird. Yeah, 
That's incredible. No that camera. Really, that's that's quite a story. My goodness. <laughs> so yeah, he was crazy. He's, yeah, I mean, he, he still is. I think. Um, yeah. uh, but, but anyway, yeah, uh, places in Paris there. So, um, I mean, you, honestly, one, two, three, four, you ne- you can go wrong if you hang out in those only small. Okay. And then, um, and then it's more whatever you prefer. If you prefer Quartier uh, Latin, if you prefer uh, more like uh, Champs Elysees, well, Champs Elysees is not that good. I mean, Avenue Montaigne, yeah, because it's luxury fashion houses, and but. To hang there, it's not very fun. Um, um, and then, like, yeah, sevens is a bit boring. Yeah. yeah, I think honestly, for you guys, more about like the one, two, three, four, and then the East Parisian, like um, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Okay, that's that's the, the cool places. Yeah, a bit more cool. Well, I look forward to when we can get back there. That's that's a place I'd love to go visit again. I had a great time. And we need Saul to get back there so he can have a great time. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, if you can go like to even like Grand Palais or stuff like this, like very well-known places, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Big question, Charles. How do we pronounce French brands? Can you give us a, a, a yeah. walkthrough of, of famous French brands? Well, We're notoriously you know, like, bad. Yeah, we're, we're terrible. We're a fashion podcast and we suck at this. So please take us through like one or two, uh, five, maybe all of them, um, and just teach us how to say French brands. Uh, I mean, like, uh, well, let's start with the the, the very well-known Comme des Garçons. So it's really like Comme des de Garçons. Garçons. Des Garçons. Comme des Garçons. Comme des Garçons. Comme des Garçons. Voilà, comme des garçons. Okay. Très bien. Um, then you have like Louis Vuitton. Oh. Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton? <laughs> well, yeah, good. I mean, okay. the, it's hard because there's no U in, uh, in, in English. So yeah. U is always hard to pronounce. Okay. Uh, qu'est-ce qu'il y a d'autre? Um, Christian Dior. Christian Dior. Christian Dior. <laughs> Or you can say Dior homme. Dior homme. Yeah, not that bad. Uh, Edis Sliman. <laughs> Edis Sliman. Edis Sliman. Yeah. Uh, Céline. 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 Uh, Our most wait, legendary one is mispronouncing Jacquemin. Yeah, that was pretty bad. We, we used to say Jacquemin. <laughs> Jacquemin, quoi? For... Uh, <laughs> For Jacma, or Jacma, Jacma. Oh. <laughs> How do we even pronounce it? <laughs> what is that? What do you say, like Jacmus or Balma? What is that, like Jacmus? Jacmus. Okay, we ah, we, Jacques still, we still have never pronounced it correctly. Apparently, we used to say Jacquemé. We thought it was Jacquemé. No, no, Jacmus. 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 Okay. Jack Moose. Okay. That's, that's our legendary one that we've always pronounced wrong. Did the yeah. French get mad at Celine um, when they, they removed the accent over the E? Did that like change the pronunciation or? It doesn't change the pronunciation, but it was like the, the drama in the fashion industry. Like, okay. Because 
because it, it is known to to do what he wants so when he arrived at the brand he, he like he, he wanted to change everything so yeah. it was like the it's really a, a sign of hey i'm there i'm gonna do my stuff forget yeah. about Celine. forget about the dna of the brand like fuck that i'm gonna do my stuff but i mean it's it's really well i mean let's be honest Eddie's best years were during uh Durham because he, he was really like the, the doing something new with the skinny look it wasn't done previously everybody loved it it was super popular uh then when he went to Saint Laurent uh he already like kind of uh didn't like Saint Laurent was very uh defined by Yves Saint Laurent so when you arrived there he wanted to do this Liman. And people yeah. didn't like that because they wanted still to have Yves Saint Laurent, but Yves Saint Laurent was gone already. Like, yeah. And if and if you don't, I mean, like typically, Eddie did the right thing because if you want to keep the label under like the the DNA, you you end up doing Pierre Cardin, which is like great at the uh, in kind of uh, era, and then and then it's gone and it's not coming back. You know, it's it's in, it's horribly tacky. And mm. I've I've seen some designer. I've, I've I've worked with some designer that didn't want to change and it was terrible because you know they, they they couldn't understand that it worked previously and now we couldn't it didn't work anymore mm-hmm. yeah i mean and i i can understand from a human perspective because it's like a, imagine being a singer like you sing a song and you have yeah. like a thousand ten thousand of people like uh, crazy about this song and like uh, shouting oh we love this song and then you do you do the same song and no one no one bats an eye and like no one cares yeah. That's harsh. That's really harsh. I mean, and you oh, yeah. go to an empty venue and then no one gives a shit anymore. And so so some of them designers who had kind of a, a, a nice uh, nice time, they, they couldn't understand why people didn't pay attention anymore. And 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 the ref, the they refuse the you know they're they're denying to, to change that that's it's even worse. I mean it's better to to change for uh, sometimes even get lost, but at least you're changing. But if you don't at all, it's it's whew. Yeah. You have to be very, I mean, unless you have a very strong base and like um, working well, you can like change gradually and, and small. But if you if you don't have that kind of strong base, yeah, you, please change. So, uh, what was it? Where was I? About uh, Sliman, yeah, Sliman. Yeah. So basically, Sliman arrived at Saint Laurent and, and he had the right hint because Saint Laurent was about making money yeah and what he he, he realized when he, he was hanging out with in LA with a lot of celebrities like the celebrities they wanted to be be dressed in Zara you know like <laughs> dressed like normal people but they want to be expensive people uh, clothes because they, if they want to go outside they need to have this label they have to show that they are you know they have money yeah so he said like oh I'm gonna do like some basic stuff like basic shit stuff like the, uh, how do you say, like the lumberjack uh, shirt, uh, really like very uh, jeans, like gray jeans, like nothing fan, like crazy out of this world. Yeah. And I'm going to put them very expensive and that's going to work. And that's in, and it worked because those rich people, they wanted to, to dress like everybody, but they dressed with everybody clothes, but with rich clothes, you know, yeah. very expensive clothes. And that worked. And, and, you know, and the thing is, Sliman knew absolutely, he knew how, um, it wasn't like a, a fluke. He knew exactly what he was doing. What yeah. he was doing is he was doing money. And at the end of Saint Laurent, if you remember, if you see the last show of Saint Laurent, the guy did absolutely perfect Yves Saint Laurent. So he knew how to do it. He knew yeah. how, like, 
people like were shouting at when he arrived and um, and he showed to them like I know guys I could have got, uh, gone to Saint Laurent and did like perfectly Saint Laurent but it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have made money so yeah. I did my stuff I made money and then uh, when I leave I just showing you like I could I could have done it too mm-hmm. so yeah. it was really smart from this uh, this um, this side yeah but with Celine I mean he's still doing his thing but I think I think he is is uh he's getting older and he doesn't like uh give a shit that much so I'm 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 not saying it's bad Celine but it's less interesting uh I, I think he already peaked so uh, I don't know it's not bad but he's he's just yeah it yeah. seems a little bit less inspired by the things that he says he's inspired by if that makes sense right like it's it's cool like rocker core you know it's still like skinny and and looks you know like the stuff he was doing at Saint Laurent but at the end of the day he's like marketing it now to like TikTok kids you know it's just like it's not the same no yeah I, but I think and I can tell you that from experience uh, getting older it's really hard to stay in the loop sure yeah. because my references are not your references. Yeah. And because, you know, it's when you're a kid, you're a sponge. So you, you like, you're exposed to the world and you take everything and you, and you understand, like, and when you arrive at 20, 30, you can, like, take all those things that you, you've been, uh, uh, you know, inspired by and, like, create something new. Yeah. But when you get older, you know, I don't have the same, you know, the, the same reference, even, like, I've been there. I've lived. I've lived through the 2000, 2010s, but I, I wasn't that paying as much as attention. Even I tried. You know, I, I couldn't. I'm sure, like, if we have like conversation and you're gonna do some private jokes about some reference, I won't. I won't get it. Yeah. But if I was at your age, I would have. Got, I would have got it. So I think if when you get older, it's it does take an extra effort to to stay in the loop. Sure. And, and honestly, I think Sliman. He's very successful. He has a lot of money. He has his own like uh, kind of thing of doing stuff in LA with friends, and he, you know, he, he's and he knows like TikTok is popular, so I'm gonna do TikTok. But he doesn't really uh, dived into TikTok that much, so he doesn't really know what it's all about. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's how you get a little bit out of touch. Yeah. Then then the question is if if he's surrounded by uh, young and cool people that he listens to. He can still be, um, you know, like uh, in the loop. That's what Carl's uh, did. I mean, Carl Lagerfeld. He, he was always surrounded by by the cool crowd. That's why he, even he was really old, he he, um, he could uh, he, he kept this kind of um, modern feeling, you know. Sure. Yeah. So uh, as like uh, in, in other creative, like uh, in the Marvel uh, studios, like Stan Lee, he was old, but he was surrounded by the cool kids, by the cool people, and was uh, looking for like young talents. So. That's how he still stayed modern, even if he was, I mean, he was a bit older and he didn't do that much, but I think it's important. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm a big pop culture, uh, how do you say, like uh, obsessed. So I, I spent maybe too much time on Instagram <laughs> watching what's going on, but it, and, and honestly, TikTok, I tried and it's really hard for me. It's just, yeah. It's hard to get into. When I first downloaded it, it was like, what is this? But then when your For You page gets more tailored to what you actually like, whether it be like fashion or comedy, then it's more enjoyable. But at first I was like, I don't understand what this is at all. 
But TikTok can be good if it's niche. What mm-hmm. I hate about TikTok is what's popular because it's yeah. really like, ugh, I'm losing my face in humanity every time I see those, what's trending, what's popular on TikTok. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, the of course, yeah, as I, as I said, like if, if, I, if I see like Connor Scoyles uh, saying stupid things on TikTok, that's funny. But um, <laughs> it's very niche. So yeah, but when I see uh, <laughs> how do you say like Charlie D'Amelio dancing, like ugh, I, I just can't do it. Are you uh, keeping your your kids off of TikTok? They're they're very young. I mean, my, my daughter is she's she's gonna be five, and and my son is like uh, eight months. So I hate to say it like this that that's kind of like the age. Uh, my girlfriend, her niece, um, was on TikTok at like seven and a half, and she knew like Jeez. all the dances and and you know like they get you early. Yeah, and I I won't you know. You have to be a product of your time. I won't fight against, like, if she has friends uh, growing up and they do TikTok dance and they share the same reference, I'm not going to, like, ground her because she's sharing some stuff with her with her, uh, friends, you know? And uh, What a dad. And of course, I, I'll keep an eye on what she, she's doing and what she's watching. And I'm just sure. trying to also put things under context. Like, hey, you might dance to, uh, to have fun, but this is, like, you're just, <laughs> you're just, like... Um, the people, uh, uh, how do you say, like the, the people on TikTok are not necessarily cool underage kids. Like they're creeps. There are a lot of creeps. Yeah. So that's that's really scary. Um, yeah. And, and I know TikTok, they, they used it that, you know, they, when, I mean, like all those girls, all those pretty girls, they put that, they, they you know, they, they plaster them because they know that sells. So I, I kind of hate that, this marketing, like um, cynicism of like, hey, bring the young pretty girls and and you know like uh, and then we're going to plaster them everywhere like uh, ish. i mean i understand from a business perspective because they're only looking at numbers and you know like sex sales yeah but the uh, again again it's 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 if you're looking if you're digging in if you're looking more niche stuff you can find more of course more interesting stuff but on the surface level yeah uh, it's not that good yeah Definitely. But honestly, all those social networks are bad. There's not good That's ones. true. There's no good social media. It's very true. Um, Charles, on a personal note, what sort of things do you like to wear? You said you dress like shit. You know it's not true. But <laughs> what kind of things do you like to wear? Uh, um, honestly, I, I'm now, again, as I'm getting older, I, I, I just want to be comf- comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just honestly I just like to wear t-shirts and you know like just sweaters or I, I rarely uh, wear any shirts anymore I should maybe honestly and also because I'm not good at keeping the same weight so all these years I've been doing the the roller coaster the yo-yo so either I'm really skinny or I'm really fat here I'm in the phase like I'm, I'm getting fatter every day and the lockdown, does, lockdown doesn't help yeah. So it's always hard to find the right size of garments, you know, like mm-hmm. I have pants and like I can never wear. And then at some at some point I, I wear them for six months and then uh, then I'm just too fat or too skinny for them. So it's, it's hard for me to to get that uh, kind of um, uh, consistency. And uh, and I, I'm not also not good at um, keeping, you know, like uh, uh, 
and you say like keeping your stuff in, in shape, you know, like taking care of your of your garments, which is bad. I mean, you should you should take care of your of your stuff. You know, you should buy some some um, some valuable things and take care of it. That's that's how you should do it. Uh, but uh, I kind of like drift off from that. I, I when I was younger, I was more into like taking care of things. But then you know, like again, working with the industry and like seeing so much clothes every day, uh, you know, like, you just want to. Ugh, you don't want to see them anymore uh, when you arrive at home. So, so, but, um, uh, so what I want to, yeah, um, I like to, I, I used to wear also jackets, a lot of jackets. Uh, I have some cool ones like Chris Von Ash or like Givenchy, uh, which is Ricardo's era, I guess. Uh, cool. Uh, another like uh, underground, like people that I work with. Uh, I remember having a Gaspar <laughs> jacket, which is nice. Um, and um, yeah, shirts. I have some Drizonet and shirts. Um, I have a Prada, I guess. Yeah, uh, some stuff like this. Um, yeah, I mean, also the always. I'm always broke, so I'm not good with money. So that doesn't help. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm not really like good with the with you know buying the expensive stuff and keeping that in shape. So yeah. Yeah, that's uh, and I remember like I so I, I used to work with Walter and um, we went to his showroom to um, to you know uh, once the show is done you know uh, how, I don't know if you know like the when you do when you're a designer you you do a fashion show in Paris or or in Milan or New York whatever and then you do your sales so you, you can do your sales before or after your show usually mm -hmm. they the show and then after the sales so they rent a showroom for like ten days. And they have like all the, the, the boutiques coming. But of course, this is changing because this is very 90s way of, of doing business. And with the with internet and everything, uh, it's going to change. So, but but back in the day, and, and still, it's still relevant, I guess. The, the, that, that's, that's how retail worked. So so we went there and um, and Walter was like, hey, this is, have you liked the show? And the show was really great, as usual. And he was like, hey, if you want to order some stuff, like, sure, we can do a price. We can do the wholesale price. We don't do retail. And of course, wholesale is much more interesting because uh, there's a margin of approximately 2.7, 2.8, depending on how they calculate the, th the things. So, yeah, I mean, and then you see the garments and you see the retail, the wholesale price. And you see like, oh, this jacket with 5,000 euros, you're going to have it for 2,200 euros. Yes, this is less expensive for sure, but I'm never gonna have that kind of money. And I remember my boss was always there, and he, and he he was kind of um, he, he have a little love with the uh, with drugs, so he kind of took some pills before to be like very like Xanax or a highly, uh, some uh, some like uh, antidepressant. Mm. And he was like, oh, ah, I'm so happy. I'm going to order some stuff. And then after when we came back, he was like, oh, shit, I've, I've ordered so much stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the money to pay for all of that. So, yeah. So, yeah, working with designers, it can be very pricey. Mm -hmm. But um, that, that's also like my last experience, like working with secondhand. Secondhand is very, it's a great alternative to, to buy stuff. It's true. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was young, there there wasn't that much alternative to us. You either buy uh, retail, like the very expensive price, or you have nothing, or you have the second line. And the second line is always like, it's still expensive, and it's not what you want. So it's, you're just disappointed. 
Mm-hmm. So and, and that's with, which with the second line market, I think people stopped doing the second line because it didn't matter anymore. And especially with yeah. the collaboration with H and M and Top and Top Man and, and all those um, fast fashion business, they the second line interest really went down. So yeah, but uh, now it's yeah, I think I'm amazed actually by uh, by people like finding some uh, uh, you know like some shows some some some. Uh, very specific garments like i mean like etienne who has a comme des garçons collection like he has from every kind of era possible i think it's amazing i mean like um free slow free day that you know um mm-hmm. he, he always had the the right he always like get the right price and and can buy something for very cheap and mm-hmm. and you know like and resell it uh, like not, not too long afterwards so he doesn't even lose money he even makes money so that that kind of approach i think it's it's really good. It's mm-hmm. it's admirable. Uh, unfortunately for me, I I don't I, I don't want to go into that. I, I'm just I, I think I'm too old. I'm not, maybe not too old, but I don't have the energy to that. Yeah, sure. so no, it, it takes it takes a lot of time and energy, and and also it's, you have natural talent. I think I think Fritz Lopidei is typically is good with that, and he has also this natural talent of you know finding the right stuff and you know selling yeah. the right. Stuff. Which is not, you know, that's not, not, not easy to do. Definitely. Yeah. But, but I remember also like uh, fifth, maybe 15 years ago uh, uh, when I was working with Castel Bajac and he was doing like the um, collaboration with South Park and it was really cool. It was really nice. But the thing is, it was so expensive. And you have like in this boutique, you have some you cool young people came and were like, oh yeah, this is really cool. And they just look at the price and it's like, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sad because they, those designers they have they, they do some amazing stuff but nobody wears it because it's too pricey yeah and i cannot why they do it that pricey because if you're a designer you don't want to compromise you know you don't want to you want this kind of fabric you want this kind of pattern you know you have to produce this and you, as you you're a designer you can't produce like you can't mass produce so it's it's pricey to produce too and if you want to produce like locally or or not that far because you have to keep an eye on the production it's yeah. it's very well, at the end of the day your collection is very expensive but for good reasons and uh, that's kind of sad because if you do expensive stuff people won't be able to buy it so I think it's what I the that's why the second end is very cool because you can really find some uh, some cool space for for those clothes and I, I think oh, yeah. also this will, will change too I mean at some point. I, I, I think at some point, like designers have to realize that, um, you know, second hand, they don't get money out of it. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, th- th- there has to be some way, you know, there has to be some, some bridge between that, you know, like selling cheaper. I don't know how I, I'm really like, I'm just like uh, imagining things, but I think it's important that they do that, that they have, Kind of affordable branch if, if it's secondhand, if it's uh, recycled, upcycled, you know, uh, because people want the, the desire, the, de- the demand is here, but the, the offer is too expensive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. Stuff now, it's it's nice, like look, but don't buy from from our perspective. Like you can appreciate it, but I have no interest in. In paying those high retails, at least at, not at this point in my life, especially when you can find great stuff um, secondhand. Like I found my grail pair of boots on a 
Orange V website for like one sixth of their retail price. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and that, that's also because like uh, it, it it's very unfair because the rich people who buy stuff they are completely spoiled. They don't give a shit. You know? mm-hmm. and they can resell that for uh, like a sixth of the price. They don't give a shit anymore. They don't yeah. care. Thank you so to whichever rare. rich person sold me those. For yeah, super cheap. Or it can be like a fashion editor. You know, like a lot of them like have stuff for free, and then they. Uh, they sell it afterwards. So yeah, I mean, at least somebody's happy with it. For sure. And I certainly am. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So Charles, you are the puppet master of the fashion meme page world on Instagram. Let's, let's look at the best of the best. What is the best fashion meme you've ever seen? Uh, for me, have my, the, the, yeah, I have a special one. It's, uh, it's Daniel who did it. Come the garçon. Um, it's the one <laughs> with um, with Yoji and Ray and, and Virgil uh, both painting and shitting clothes. I don't know if you remember this one, which is basically like Yoji before and then Yoji after, which is absolutely it's absolutely accurate. It's very funny because it's very accurate. Like in the eighties, like they're very like painting, very refined and detailed. And then at some point in 2000, they started like shitting clothes. Like they don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> and it, it's, it's still my, the best ones. It's the real one I, I, I love this meme because it's just funny and accurate. Yeah. Um, and Daniel's really talented with the yeah. fashion memes. His page is constantly getting threatened to take be taken down by Instagram. I think people yeah. are reporting him because someone got mad at him a couple of weeks ago. So I'm guessing they're just mass reporting every post of his, but Daniel, we hope you we hope you stay on IG. Yeah, but he, he's yeah yeah he's he's doing like a, <laughs> he's a, how do you say like he, he doesn't go easy like it's no uh, he yeah yeah, yeah we're, uh, he uh, his his memes are definitely intense but they're always yeah. pretty well done yeah he's a nice guy too we we just had him on a couple of weeks ago he's a lot of fun to talk with. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, really cool. And I think I might be shilling for John Flip now. So. <laughs> Huge. It's a great platform. Yeah, yeah it Flip. is. No, his approach is very interesting. I mean, and I think he's really right because I think the it's all about the community. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's not about like, a, sure, I mean, uh, if you have people curating for you, with it's you, people doing the efforts, that that's that's great. But at the end of the... Of the you know, it's all about the people exchanging stuff, and and they don't need they don't need a, a third, you know, a third platform with with extra payments. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen so many uh, Instagram posts of, hey, I'm selling my stuff. You know, like this is this and that and this, and you know, like sold or not. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so people like are used to to speak directly to their audience. So I think it's it's interesting that he has this approach, like having just a. A big community, and it's hard to have a community. I mean, you guys are doing a an amazing work. Like, uh, you know, like you do, like your Instagram, you have your TikTok, you have your Discord. It, it takes a lot of time to to you know gather community and and um, you know have time to talk to everybody to uh, to be conscious and still like have activities and it's 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 really like uh, lots of time and, and and dedication. So being unemployed also, really helps for me. Uh, for sure. I mean, uh, you need some time to do everything. And also yes. even like yeah. doing the fashion memes, it's hard because you have to be funny and you, you can't be funny all the time. 
and you yeah. and you're trying to post like maybe once or twice a day and it's very hard to be like always funny find a good subject to be funny with yeah that's just really hard i mean yeah and also in the fashion media i'm i have also a soft spot for a fashion ranker because mm -hmm. yeah. uh I think he's is uh he's also um and uh it's one of the few I, I've I've seen in real life. So he's he's uh he's a good friend. So um but I loved when he was doing like stereotypes and yeah. it was yeah for me, and I discovered him like this, like with the stereotypes, and it's like very cool for me to to because you have like an update. So who are the stereotypes right now? Who are those people? And you he, he can very have like detailed approach about this. And uh, and I like though in easier creative guy, so he does also like now do some some reels and doing some stupid stuff. Yeah, and yeah, he, he also has this kind of intense humor, a very dark uh, British humor that I enjoy. So no, he's really cool. He's a really then, funny uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Then he's really our second guest ever on the podcast, and his microphone would cut out like every three seconds. So that was the longest uh, I've ever had to spend editing an episode. Uh, because he's British. You know, yeah. nobody's gonna be perfect, you know. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the big page like uh, Carsten, I, I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan with the Carsten too. He's really cool. Absolutely, yeah. He's another another OG of the podcast. Yeah. So Charles, we we still got some more questions for you. Um, most importantly, kind of staying on the fashion meme page wave. What's next for this? you know, group of, of fashion meme pages. It seems like a lot of them are um, like disappearing. Posting less. Posting less. Yeah. Turning yeah. them into personal accounts. Like Wankers, it's great that he posts like his face now, but it yeah. does feel more like a personal account for him, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see the, the trend going? I, I think um, the, the actual trend will, I mean, the, the guys are, are getting tired of it and I can understand why. Yeah, but I, I think that um, the the whole quarantine COVID thing didn't help. Yeah, because uh, you know, like before, you had like you can go outside and watch what's going on, who was the crowd, and and, and there was events and, and lots of different type that you can make make fun of. Yeah. Now everything is really like uh, only digital, so it's not the same. You know, you don't have the same approach. Yeah, so definitely. it's hard to. It's hard to to do a parody or a caricature of something that you can't even like really see or, or feel. So um, that that's why I think it's kind of a in a slum right now. But I, I think the the question is when it's and if it's going to come back normally, will people pay that much attention? To what's going on with the fashion shows? Because yeah, I mean. There's so much stuff to to make fun of in the fashion industry, and we yeah. have, we barely scratch the surface of making fun of people. I mean, the the, the whole like Rick Owens, uh, Rick Good, Villain Bad. Uh, I don't. How do you say Villain? You say Villain? 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 Uh, yeah, Villain. I think it's Villain. I don't know. I'm, it's a, it's a French brand. We're not we're not gonna yeah, get it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Paris. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. So yeah, those brands that they, I don't know, like it's kind of humor. It's already gone. It's already passed. I mean, yeah. It's not going to come back. I mean, the Joe Basket, ha ha ha. Very, very funny. But yeah, uh, not too bad. But uh, no, it's, it's not going to come back. So and the question is, um, if those 
behind the fashion memes really wants to come back in the game and, and focus on what can be uh, done, or it can come out from outside. I mean, it can also come, I don't know, like if, if Prada or if Vuitton does something very stupid or very like ridiculous, maybe they can be uh, back in the game, like having a go at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to tell. I, I can understand the fatigue. I can understand like uh, people like uh, being tired of doing the same same kind of joke. And the thing is, if they if they don't do the same joke, if they try to open up a bit more, they're gonna lose lose their audience too. Because if, mm -hmm. you, if you go into like very very fashion things, you're gonna lo lose your audience. I mean, if you make fun of Jack Muse and Telfar and all those people, like, ugh, it's not the same. Yeah, when we yeah. get more obscure with it. We have more fun making those memes, but they don't do yeah. nearly as well. Yeah. yeah. But also, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you guys, it's more about still you having fun. If, yeah. if you don't have fun with it, you shouldn't do it, you know? I think it helps having two of us, because if it was just yeah. me or just Saul, I feel like it would not have lasted up until this point. It's nice being able to take a day off if you need, and the other person can make some memes and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, like, and you can still do some good old bullying, like Daniel does. You know, if you, if you like inspiration, you know, just just grab a random TikTok uh, idiot and just make fun of him. It's always working. <laughs> yeah, it's always working. The formula. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, fashion memes, will they stay? We'll see. But Charles, you have been around the fashion industry for a while now, a couple of years. You've seen a lot of different eras come and go uh, throughout those years. We've seen super skinny. We've seen super wide, uh, all sorts of different fits, silhouettes. What have you seen that you've liked, that you've disliked, and what have you participated in? Like, What trends have you, have you gotten into throughout the years and, and made a part of your wardrobe? Um, so I... I didn't really participate, but there's stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, I think for me, the, the most interesting stuff when it arrived was a uh, vêtement, uh, because it, when it arrives, it really came out of from nowhere, like yeah, like super underground, like nobody knew it, and then you know, and even the name was like, if, I'm, if you're French, like vêtement is the most stupid name. Because it's yeah, it's like it means clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you go on Google, like check Vetmo, and like you're gonna have like a thousand uh, um, millions of uh, of answers. Like, so right from the start, like you were already scratching your head, like what what's going on? Why is it called Vetmo? Why is it like what about? <laughs> and and the guy was doing like some really like underground, like uh, uh, you know, I, I used to uh, when I worked with the fashion PR, we we knew about those niche magazines. There were so many uh, and cool ones, you know. But they were cool, but really niche. Like no one, you know, people working there are appreciated because they did other campaigns for big brands. So you know, it's like a small family. You know that all those people gathering in this small niche uh, magazine, it's a good one. But still, you know, people won't buy it, or people won't read it, or it's going to be like just a few, few happy few. So it, it came, it came like this, and it came also doing fashion shows with without any real models, like without the real standards. Because um, when I arrived, it was really uh, the, the style.com before it was Vogue, before Vogue Runway, it was style.com. And it was the formatting. Uh, before, of course, you have like a um, 
in the in the eighties nineties you can have like a, a fashion shows which uh, with different uh, photographs everywhere it can be very different because of the pictures. But when uh, internet arrived and Salotum arrived and Anna Winter, it became standardized. Like oh, if you have to do this kind of right um, uh, catwalk, very straight line, and you have to get, get this kind of pictures at the end of the show. So it really like um, uh, normalized everything in terms of of, um, of image. Mm-hmm. So, um, so and, I, and we can talk about Anna Winter too because I don't really like her, but that's for another story. But back to Vetement. So he, he, he just um, and he he, uh, he made also like Lota Volkova, who was a stylist that I that I knew, uh, and uh, he made her. Uh, he was she was her stylist, and she was also doing the show because you could see at the beginning that they wasn't there wasn't any money. It yeah. was like. It was stitched together, and and you know, and but the, there was something special about it, because yeah. they picked the 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 cool places, even and uh, like doing at the as I said, like in Chinese restaurant, that cool place, which is if you know, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, kind of thing, and and uh, my uh, the it clicked for me what when they he did the show about the stereotypes, yeah this kind of new approach. And when he did the show with the stereotypes, I mean, like, I, I found it absolutely genius. The, 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 the old lady with the fur uh, coat, the, the gabber, the, the security guy, the, the I mean, I, I can't remember everything, but that was my favorite show ever. It was amazing. Because he knew, like, I'm going to take something like normal and I'm going to just distort a little bit and if you really know uh, about fashion, you'll know how much work is going to be done with the garments because it does a lot of work. You know, the, we see like them now, like as a, as a joke or as a meme, but he doesn't like he doesn't joke around. I mean, when he, when you see the, the the how he reconstructs stuff, how he destructurizes and, re, and reconstructs them, it's really a lot of work. Yeah, you, yeah. So it's really talented to to do that. Um, and yeah, and also uh, this, the, 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 how do you say, like the, the kind of pettiness in me to see like him abla- uh, forcing editors to go to McDonald's for a show. This is like just pure bliss, you know, like imagining like <laughs> <Sure>. the, like, <laughs> imagining like the editor in chief, like always go from show to show in their limo and having like a, the, the best, uh, best hotel rooms have to go to the McDonald's. That's just great. So he had that kind of uh, thing, but um, in terms of uh, in terms of participating in it, I, I must say, like for example, the Supreme uh, Wave, it's something completely foreign for me because sure. I'm too old. It arrived when I, at a time when I was already old, and uh, I didn't, you know, I saw it coming, but personally, it didn't do anything for me. So the, this whole craziness about the Bogo and everything is is really not my st- stuff and uh, and I, I can understand i mean I, I can see like because it comes from when i was uh, when you're a kid and you know the craziness of, of the streetwear by now uh, mm-hmm. by then but for me it didn't like uh, uh didn't do nothing but uh, again uh, the sneakers i mean when i was a kid sneakers were already big because all um you know all the the cool jordans they mm-hmm. already existed back in the day the air max and everything and it was already yeah. crazy it was already like uh, oh, you get the new Air Max, or you get the new Shark ones, you have the new uh, uh, 
uh, Air Jordan 4 or 5 or the, the, the Reebok pumps. It was already like crazy for when you were in uh, middle school, high school. So, so this already continue and I, I can understand that. But, um, and, and, and then the, the big designers came also to do the, this kind of sneakers. So yeah. before the Geo Basket, I think for me, I, I think it's Pierre who did the first like really like cool sneakers, but designers ones. And I might have been like 2003, four, I, don't, I can't remember. I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, so I, I like the whole Geo baskets and, and dunks and stuff like Ricoins did because it made sense because you, when you were like a kid, you have like some cool sneakers, but when you are older and you have money and you want to be like, a, you know, you want to have the cool sneakers too, but don't, you don't want to, to, to buy Nike. You want to have like something different. Yeah. So I think that was really cool from to do, to do that. And now everybody does sneakers and like you, mm-hmm. everybody does it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, there's so many trends and it comes and goes, but it's, again, it's, it's still a bit the same, you know, it's just, it cycles. And yeah, you it can, does. yeah, still cycles. I mean, cycles with a, with a, with a twist. You never go really back in time. You, you can never really like dress like in the 70s, 80s, because you, you still get this style, but do something new with it. Like, uh, like all the grunge yeah. stuff and, you know, like when you see like the grunge, uh, Eddie Sliman, grunge back there, back then wasn't that grunge there. <laughs> it wasn't the same. It was yeah. really different. And it wasn't really good. And also this, I think we also plagued by nostalgia. And I'm saying that because also because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's like the people in power there. There are just, when you get older, you, you'll see, you, you'll find out in 20 years that you, you can't, uh, you can't remember everything. It's impossible. You have so sure. you live so many different types. You you meet so many people. You have so many different lives. Uh, it's just like there's too much information. And and when you're young, you can like really remember everything. You can be on top of it. But once once you're past like I say like 25, yeah yeah, it's like life goes on and you you can't like follow everything. Um, but um, but Mel, I'm lost in my thoughts. So, uh, oh shit. Where was I? See, see Alzheimer's kicking in already. <laughs> I'm already like, I'm done. So yeah, nostalgia, yeah. So people really like the 70s and 80s and 90s and, uh, and the 2000s with, uh, with like, um, how do you say, like rose tinted glasses. They mm-hmm. see like the best of it and they, they, they forget about the shitty stuff. So that, that's why I'm always laughing when people say, oh, uh, back in my day, it was much better. No, it wasn't. It was different for sure. I mean, like the, the era when I was 20 and, when, and, and you, when you're 20, it's really different, completely different. Not completely, but different. And on some aspects, it's still the same. Um, but uh, it's not better. It wasn't better. Not by a stretch. Uh, but when you go back and just pick cherry pick the the big the nicest yeah, the stuff best of the best yeah that's not true you, you're not you're not being honest yeah. you, you're not but that's it's true. good to create something new with some with cherry picking the from the past that absolutely so you can have something very like different and giving the best yeah. that's why i like uh, listening to music like i don't know like i i kind of have um, i grew up with the all the synth wave stuff 
from the 80s, like uh, Miami Vice and all that, was watching like that, this as a kid. So all this Mitch murder, like those Swedish kids trying to recreate this kind of mood from synth wave back in the day and improving it, that's more interesting for me. I mean, they're taking the best from before and doing something modern. Mm. And uh, But if you go back, it's not that good. And we don't go back that much. I mean, there, we can easily go back. We have tons of videos. We have tons of, of, of audio, of everything. It's access to information. So it's not hard to recreate the reality of what's, what's going on before. But we don't mm. want to do that. We're just trying to cherry pick. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Talking about trends, what are some that you see right now that you just like, you know, want to put out of their misery? And what are some that you really want to see grow more, right? Ones that are doing cool stuff or that you see and you really enjoy um, and you want to see more of? Well, let's let's go back to the orange V. Yeah, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's end with the Villon. And honestly, uh, for me, Villon is not fashion. It's it's glorified no. merchandising, you know? Yeah. 100%. There's nothing wrong with, with it inherently, but it's not fashion. I mean, it's just lazy, like it's merchandising and merchandising should be called merchandising, you know, that that's, there's no creation. There's no, because I've, I've worked with designers and the designers, like, you know, it's a lot of work, you know, to, to just find the right fabric, to have this kind of inspiration, to be inspired by a specific, uh, specific uh, uh, movie or book that you've seen and you want to recreate this kind of mood. And you want to get up, still get on with the times, and you want to have this kind of uh, loose or tight uh, approach and patterns, and then you start creating, and you see, oh, that's not working, and you have to create that uh, number of pieces to get a collection in. That's a lot of work. Just printing a, a, a logo on a, on a hoodie, that's not work. I mean, yeah. I mean, like uh, fashion workers just did it. It was very <laughs> funny, but uh, yeah, that's that's not fashion. So. I think we should stop that. Even like for me, like Supreme is the same. Sorry, but uh, it, I, I I can understand the hype, but it's still not fashion for me. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. just hype. You're you're not bringing anything new. You're not bringing anything uh, innovative. Yeah, I, I would rather don't have that. You know, and 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 again, I, I'm. It's it's fine. They can. Uh, I'm not the judge or anything. I'm not gonna just like uh, like ban in any any trends or anything. But, uh, but um, I mean, we should focus on people, uh, maybe even smaller people, smaller profile that do the actual work that need the recognition, rather than you know like throwing money to people who have already everything. You know. Sure. Sure. Um, and yeah, I mean like. In terms of other trends uh, in popular culture, I, I like Alistair. I really like the the pop culture right now because it's very um, community driven, you know. Uh, because back in when I was when I grew up, it was like everybody listened to the same radio, everybody listened, watched the same TV. Uh, it was it was very easy to get. Everybody has the same reference. But now you can have like, you can go into this kind of community and like discover a whole new group of having your own private jokes or your own stuff. Mm -hmm. And and be, uh, and at the same time, it's a bit, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because you can be um, a, a bit like isolated from the real world. Uh, but still, I think it's it's funny to, to get that into that uh, kind of small group where people in the, understand each other and, and they come from all over the world and, uh, you know, and talk about the same stuff. 
that that's more interesting for me i think in terms of uh, pop culture and there's we still have like the big events that everybody watches like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. super bowls not gonna go away like big movies are not gonna go away even like even with the covid and everything if there's like a, a big movie with dicaprio everybody's gonna watch it so it's still gonna be like that absolutely so charles we're getting down to the end of the interview experience we have a couple questions left but they're they're classics for the pair of kings podcast first of all what is your goal your end goal in the world of fashion well i'll destroy everything of course (laughs) no i don't know i mean like right now what i would love to do is um is come back to the fashion industry but doing uh computer stuff Mm. Like still have a, a foot inside, uh, uh, but you know, like working on something technical that that doesn't imply me, um, you know, like doing it, being in the middle of a storm, like doing my own thing. Yeah, that would be my my you know like imagine like my perfect job would be doing cybersecurity like for uh, for Louis Vuitton, which is a uh, which is would 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 be great. So if Louis Vuitton is uh, listening to that, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just wait two years and I'm, I'm going to be there. But uh, yeah, I w- would love to yeah keep a foot inside, but not not the same as I, as I was before. Definitely. For sure. Charles, we have one more question. It's a classic. You know it. You love it. You fear it. You lie awake at night and agonize over it. We've asked it to every single guest on the Pair of Kings podcast. And now we are going to cap off the interview experience by asking it to you. Charles, if you had a year to eat a wooden door, hinges and doorknob included, do you think you could do it? And if so, how? Well, honestly, yeah, it's easy. It's not Let's that go. hard. Let's go. Let's go. Well, it's not that hard. I mean, if you, if you mince it to very small quantities, like if, if it's a wooden door, like you have like a powder, wood powder. Uh, if you, yeah, if you, if you really grind it into powder, even the metal, you can have like a small dose every year, every every meal, and you can eat it, eat it in your year. I mean, honestly, you're from America, you know, when you have, when you buy your hot pockets, I mean, wood, it would be like the best ingredients in them, you know? You're, yeah, you're eating, eating already so much shit. I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, when I was, when I went to the US, I was so shocked by the supermarket because it was like frozen, horrible, things everywhere you couldn't find any vegetables you couldn't find any fruits or salad it was just like endless hot pockets and, and pre pre-done uh, food. i don't know like pre how do you say like um oh shit anyway like uh, uh already cooked food already yeah. prepared food. yeah yeah so yeah that's that's terrible that's really bad for your health so eating wood it's well, it's fine it's okay it's, not it's probably bad. a little bit better, actually. Yeah, what? yeah, it's natural. I mean, wood is natural. Yeah, like uh, like lots of animals eat wood. It's fine. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just be like termites eating our, yeah. eating our door in a year. Exactly. Well, Charles, we love the confidence. Glad to hear you would you would tackle the door with no problems. 
That brings us to the end of our questions we've written up for you, but we are not done yet. We have the, the closing ceremonies of this podcast, starting things off with Song of the Week. This is an ongoing segment for the pod where we ask our guests what they've been listening to, and we add it to an ongoing playlist, which the listeners can find on Spotify. So Charles, what is your Song of the Week? Um, you know, like, obviously, you know, that Daft Punk, like, uh, uh, retired. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, uh, that, that was something for me because, of course, it was a French pop culture, uh, you know, like an emblem and, and everybody knew them in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, it, it reminded me when in like it was listening to Around the World, like in 97, 98, when I was starting to go to clubs and everything. Uh, so when they decided to split, I was kind of down to... And, and maybe uh, my impression, and uh, it's completely like a personal feeling, I, I think they, they decided to split because they, they couldn't understand this world anymore because I was like listening to um, the, the, the first album, which is the best one for me. Uh, and there was teachers, the song teachers, and they, they put all the references they have. But all the references they have now, like if you listen to that in 2021, all those people, they kind of like have disappeared or, 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 you know, like are not that relevant. So I think, I, I believe that they, you know, like they kind of went, eh, it's, it's not our world anymore. You know, we don't, we won't do any much something modern or something cool anymore. So we just decided to split, you know, we can produce some stuff, but being in, in like into the eye of the storm, we can't do it anymore, which was um, kind of sad, I think. Yeah. But again, it's my feeling. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe they it's, they split for another completely different reason. But that that's that's my my guess about that. So coming back to that, I think my favorite Daft Punk uh, song would be the if I'm not mistaken, this Discovery, but the Dominique Torti reedit. It's important the the Dominique Torti uh, because it's it's like it's um it's 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 a good reedit of this song. And I, I kind of uh, like it very much. So wait, so the, can... the Dominique Torti edit of Voyager. Uh, 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 is Voyager? I think yeah, it's Voyager. Yeah, I think. It's yeah, Voyager. okay. Yes. Yeah. Just making the double double sure. John, what about you? Song of the week. Song of the week for me. Uh, I watched a really interesting documentary a couple of days ago called Echo in the Canyon, which was about. Um, music production in the 60s to 70s like the Beatles era and it talked about a lot of bands during that era uh, including the Beach Boys and I've been listening to a lot of Beach Boys since Mm. watching that and God Only Knows which is probably their most popular song but in my opinion it's the best one uh, from the album Pet Sounds is is my favorite uh, and my song of the week cool how about you Saul um I am going to pick um what might be one of the greatest songs of all time uh pyt by michael jackson off of his best-selling I love it. thriller it's such a good song yeah 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 and i think i think dimitri from paris did a reddit of it also really i think so that's cool if i'm not mistaken that's cool yeah. he was well, he was terrible but he was he was a great artist yeah yeah. As, yeah. As, uh, well, we didn't discuss about how terrible people can be in the fashion industry, too. but maybe in a, another time. Yeah. Yep. The uh, the return episode on our Patreon once we once we get big enough where we have to charge people to listen to every episode. Yeah. 
And I get a fee, of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. The appearance (laughs) fee. But Charles, with that being said, we we have now reached the actual end of the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, It has been a long time coming and this was such a fun episode. Really glad that we could finally all speak face-to-face. I mean, the Instagram DMs are great, but it's nice to to actually get to talk and uh, we really appreciate you uh, supporting us throughout the the last year and uh, now joining us on the podcast. We can finally follow you back. That's the biggest part. (laughs) No, merci beaucoup. Uh, Thank you very much, guys. It was really cool to finally have a discussion with you. And uh, yeah, um, you know, I want to still stick together, uh, stick uh, stick around. So I'll do some shitty comments as usual because I kind of like it to do, to do like some jokes. Um, I wanted to do something more, but uh, realistically with the studies and, and, and the family life, it's going to be hard to find time. So yeah. uh, I will see. I mean, I don't know yet how I can organize myself, but, uh, but yeah, I'll be sure to stick around with you guys for sure much appreciated um before we get out of here we we do always ask our guests to provide a keyword or a phrase that people can dm us if they want to join the discord to prove that they listen to this episode uh so what would you like the folks at home to send to the podcast if they'd like to join the discord uh oh good question uh Yeah, let's say the the, um, the most long word in the most longest word in French, anti-constitutionnellement. <laughs> so yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck, everyone. If you want to join the Discord, DM us the longest word in French, or just DM us the words the longest word in French, and we will we will send you an invite to what we like to call the happiest place in fashion. But once again, thank you so much, Charles. It was a blast of an episode. We had a ton of fun. And uh, I think the people listening are going to really enjoy this episode as well. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you to Charles. Thank you to everybody for listening. As always, I am Saul Thompson. You can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. And I'm joined each and every week by my wonderful co-host. I'm John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And this week we are joined by very special guest, Charles, Um, not even going to attempt the last name. I don't want to be disrespectful, (laughs) but please go follow him. You can follow him on Instagram at (laughs) C-H-A-R-L-E-S-C-U-V-I-L-S-K-I. He is on private. You will maybe have to wait, but he is the nicest guy. Very wholesome content of Yoshi, his very sweet dog um, and his two kids. Um, Charles, thank you again for joining us. It's been a long time coming and we hope to stay in contact and we hope to see you kind of keep ruling the roost as the, uh, the man in the shadows of fashion Instagram. Um, thank you so much to everybody for listening, tuning in, joining us uh, for this episode. You can find us on Instagram at pair of Kings pod on Twitter at pair of Kings pod on TikTok at Pair of Kings Pod. You can join our Discord, um, message us in any of those DMs. We really do appreciate each and every interaction that we get. Um, and don't hesitate to reach out. We really are friendly people. Um, as always, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been the Pair of Kings Podcast, where twice a week, every week for the foreseeable future, we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. Have a great Thursday. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Bye. Thanks, I love you. <laughs>